Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Hello. Thanks for joining us here at the Warriors Arise podcast. I am your host, Jane Zahasky. Our goal here at Warriors Arise is to create a safe place to talk about unsafe things, and that usually includes bringing up situations in our past that have the ability, if we let them, to hold us back from living a full life or to build up some kind of prison walls that we talk about here, those that keep us from walking in freedom. So today, Stephanie Reed, co-founder of Warriors Arise Ministry, is here with our friend Mandy Spiegel. Welcome, friends. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So last week, we started discussing spiritual abuse and what it is and how it can look and feel in our lives. So today, Mandy will share how spiritual abuse is part of her story and how God has helped her overcome and break free. Man, I'm so excited for all of you to get to meet this powerful woman and to hear what God has truly brought her through. So Mandy, welcome to Warriors Arise podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are super excited. So first, let's just let the women out here hear a little bit about you. So tell us who Mandy is and what she does today. So I have the honor of being a pastor today. I get to lead some incredible volunteers who create a special and comfortable environment for people. And I get to be the wife to my amazing husband, Josh, and a mom to my cool kid, Jude. Really enjoy him. He's quite the character. Yeah. Well, we have known each other for almost three years now. Yeah. And we met at church. Yeah. And I think really from day one or maybe day two, we just connected immediately. And so I, you know, think of you as a little sister now. You are just precious to me, and I can't wait for the world to get to hear your story. So we are going to dive right into what spiritual abuse looks like in the form of, we hit a little bit about it, Jane, last week mm-hmm. with parenting and what it looks like with the parent-child relationship, and then also in an organization. So Mandy, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What was it like to be a child in the eyes of Mandy Spiegel? Mm. So I was born into a family where I'm the oldest of 10. Wow. So that's amazing. (laughs) Huge family. But we were actually one of the smallest families in the church I grew up in. It kind of went up from there. Isn't that crazy? Really small church, really big families, lots and lots and lots of kids. Growing up, I would say definitely coming to the realization as an adult that I had no idea what it looked like to be or to have a relationship with Jesus, I was pretty scared of him. Mm-hmm. I was scared of God. He was portrayed to me as a child and as a young teen that God was ready to punish you, mm-hmm. waiting for you to make mistakes, that he was angry all the time, and that anything bad that happened to you in your life was literally a cause of a mistake that you had made that God was punishing you for. Mm-hmm. We actually met in this little Jewish synagogue And super weird. I even remember thinking that as a child. But we were a branch of a branch of a branch of, like, Baptist. But Mm. it's, like, kind of made their own rules. Mm -hmm. So most people thought we were Pentecostal. (laughs) We didn't cut our hair. We didn't wear makeup. We wore long dresses. And we wore head coverings, actually, to show submission to our husbands if we were married or fathers if we were not and young. So there was a lot of everything was in fear. Mm -hmm. 
everything was controlled on the decisions you should make or how you should act or what you should do by the consequences that would come if you didn't do those things. Mm -hmm. Very old school law. There was this huge list of rules and it was really hard to feel like you were doing something right. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example of what some of those things were that would seem so minuscule in our day today? But like, what are some of the things, the rules that you're talking about that you would get punished for? Yeah. So like showing any skin at all, like mm-hmm. even ankles and elbows were like oh, <laughs> pretty wow. much off guards or off limits. Going to the movies with a friend, even if it was like a G-rated movie, like we didn't go to the movies very often growing up. It was very, very, you maybe could watch something at home if it was like super edited and you had parents and and adults around and things like that to make sure nothing was going to poison your theology. Mm. Going to school, like we were homeschooled, but not for the reason of like, oh, this is just like a good healthy choice for our family. It's because if you go out in the world and you go to school or you go to college, then they're going to indoctrinate you mm-hmm. and they're going to like teach you to believe something other than Jesus right. or other these other than these rules. And so all of those were met with all the way up to punishment, physical and verbal, but also like I at one about 17 years old was pretty much exiled from my family. Because I chose to try to have a job. We weren't allowed to work. Women were not allowed to work or to go to school and get an mm-hmm. education, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Jane, can you imagine? No. <laughs> Before I you even finish the sentence, she's like, yeah, hey, no, no, I cannot yeah. imagine. Gosh. Yeah. And there's these organizations all over the place. There is. And we are just so blinded to it because it yeah. is not like visual, like we don't just drive down the road and think, oh, there's one of those organizations. Exactly, right. Yeah, or one of those churches, because I was invited to a church like this. Several years ago, I met a guy in Starbucks, Yeah, and he invited me to his church, and the first thing he said was, you will not see a sign on the door, and so you're going to have to call me to for me to let you in, Mm -hmm. and you have to come only by invite. And I was like, mm. what? Say what? Yeah. <laughs> that does sound like a church. Um, I think I'll pass on that one. Yeah. A little bit of initiation. Yes. And that mm-hmm. was here in Oklahoma City. Wow. Yeah. And so as a kid, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. did you ever think about why are we so different than everybody mm-hmm. else that you may have run across at your age? I think we were convinced out of the fear that we were the only ones doing it right. So maybe oh. we were the only ones that were going to like merit salvation or like yeah if we could do it just right it was also a lot of like even when mistakes were made it wasn't so much like you need to repent to god like it like that was part of it but it was like you need to stand up in front of the church and ask for forgiveness like church authorities needed to forgive you Ah. and she's not just talking like this is a literal thing y'all had to do you had to walk up to the front of the church yeah and confess your sins in front of every single person, right? Mm-hmm. And what if you didn't share the whole truth? Like, would they, what would they do? Like, you just gave a little bit of the story. Yeah. You know, you would just be prodded and questioned. I mean, you were usually called a liar no matter what. Oh, wow. So there's really no way around it. It felt like a witch burning a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. And you- it could be for something as simple as, like, you shouldn't be painting your nails and wearing mascara. Like, you you never knew. You never wow. knew what it would be for. I remember one Sunday that sticks out in my mind forever that I was about 12 or 13 years old and I got harassed because I wore a black and white polka dot dress and somehow this dress was um, scandalous or like didn't meet uh-huh. like, oh, how dare I do something like that? Things like that. A lot of it had to do with appearance, especially for us girls. Oh, yeah. Right. 
What was it like in the house with your siblings and your parents? Yeah. So in the house, things were very, very strict there. We couldn't date. It was pretty, pretty terrifying for your parents to ever find out if you liked a boy or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Going out and hanging out with friends, it was so strict. It created very, very sneaky children. Oh, sure. There was a lot of sneaking in and out. There was a lot of covering for each other. When there's 10 of you, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. (laughs) But it became a place where you felt like everything was off limits, so you were afraid to ask for permission. The answer was always no, but if you were ever caught doing something that was outside of that, Mm. it would go from a lot of, like, anger and yelling and throwing things and sometimes, like, physical hitting and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was just some really, really heavy abusive tendency. So it was always verbal and emotional, Mm -hmm. but sometimes physical, too. So you were terrified that anything could Mm. cause that to happen. Yeah. So during all this, did you have times where you felt like you were part of a loving family and you had support? Or was this just, like, all the time? So... My mm-hmm. uncle was a father-like figure to me, but my grandparents. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were incredibly loving. Mm-hmm. My grandma was probably the only person that ever showed me the real true love of Jesus. Aww. Like, the side of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, like, I even remember, like, moments in time when she actually left this particular church way before our family did. And she said, you know, maybe I don't understand or agree with some of the decisions you make, but it'll never change that I love you. Ah, yeah. Um, So just knowing that she was always prayerfully fighting in our corner Mm -hmm. and always like extending and like reaching out, it was a safe place. Yeah. Did she ever mention to you why she was leaving the church? She didn't. And I never did ask. I know she would make comments about the anger and the fighting and things like that were really, really hard on her Mm -hmm. because a lot of people in the church were related, like aunts, uncles, cousins. Like I know maybe two or three families weren't actually related, but eventually since it was really only like pressured for you to like marry each other, Mm. it was like everybody would eventually become married at some point. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. That is so interesting. Did you ever feel like Mandy that you could go to your mom or dad? for any kind of guidance or did you have in your mind their guidance is false like what was your knowledge at that point when did you start to realize that maybe what they're teaching us mm-hmm. may not be the truth yeah so i would say that's probably when i became about 16 or 17 and you know being sneaky and having you know making friends and having like cousins on the other side of my family that were like out in what we would have considered at that time, like the real world, Mm -hmm. started asking a lot of questions and like Mm -hmm. figuring things out and realizing that most of the rest of the world was nothing like us, but it still felt scary and sinful because all we've been taught our whole lives was all of that was like wrong and evil and bad. So like if you, you step on that line or cross that line, like you're inevitably going to hell. Right. Like there was like no in between. So I moved out when I was 17. I moved Mm. in with my grandparents and they Loved me really, really well. Mm. And my papa encouraged me to go to college. Oh, so that was probably the line that broke ties with, like, my family because mm-hmm. that's just not what you do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, all of the younger siblings and things like that were made to look at you like you were that sibling. Like, oh, you were right. the one who, like, was the rebel. You were the one who was giving a bad example, things mm-hmm. like that. And little did they know, fast forward all these years, yeah. that you were actually the one that paved the way Uh, for them to have courage, them to have boldness, and them to experience the same freedom that you have Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So I think that is such a beautiful picture of 
Jesus. Yeah. That he uses our pain. Yeah. And has, you know, put that purpose on you way back then. And you didn't even know after all of those hard conversations of feeling like you are nothing, Mm -hmm. feeling like you are broken. Like you had to fit inside a box to be worthy. Wow. Anyway. Yes. And so I love, I mean, obviously I know a little bit more about your story, but tell us a little bit about your relationship with your siblings. So as it was rough for years and years and years, especially if they still lived at home. Mm Mm-hmm. As my dad got sicker and my mom was able to kind of explore more and dig a little deeper, I know Jesus has been really been revealed to her in a lot of different ways. And I know that she today, all she's, she just looks, she goes, I can't change anything. She's like, all Mm. I can say is I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. And I love you guys. She goes, I don't know how. And I I don't think I could ever make it up to you. Mm. But knowing that she was stuck in it as well. Mm -hmm. Because she was afraid to do anything else. Sure. So... Having some tough conversations that wouldn't have been able to be had years ago mm-hmm. with her and with each other as sisters. I, I didn't mention that we're all girls except my baby brother. So it's just a whole bunch of oh sisters. Oh, my gosh. A lot of estrogen in that room. A lot of emotion, a lot of estrogen, a lot of big feelings. There's been the opportunity to find some healing really good therapy thank the lord yes (laughs) and to be able to see i would say being able to see jesus of course in a whole new way because it's really easy to define your earthly father or authorities and you know see your heavenly father like that especially when you're taught that he's punishing and angry and things like that so having to completely redefine who god is has been a journey in itself Mm -hmm. and it's helped us to work with each other as a family to help each other be like, hey, just because you were told that that's not actually how it is. Like, mm-hmm. you are worthy. You are loved. Like, mm-hmm. you can't. You are forgiven. Like, you can be forgiven. Like, we don't have to be. We don't have to live in this. Mm-hmm. I would say for some of us, there's still a journey because the older ones of us went all the way from abuse to the youngest being more neglected. Oh. And so there's still this long journey of us helping each other come to a, a center line. Yeah. And helping lead each other there. And it still comes with big emotions sometimes, and it still comes with confusion, and it still comes with wounds. But slowly, some of those wounds are turning into scars finally instead. So, Mandy, I love this piece of your story, and I would love the listeners to get to hear a little bit about what God has done through you with having some of these intimate moments with your father since he is homebound, he has been sick, but God has allowed you to share the truth of Jesus to him. So what has that meant to you? Yeah, realizing that at the end of the day, we know hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. He was also super, super hurt by a church that was filling his head full of worthlessness and rules and you know trying to meet expectations and things. And there's lots of things that it doesn't make some of the decisions he made or the things he did okay. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I can't imagine what he was carrying on his side Mm. that poured out onto us. Mm -hmm. And probably the fear he had for his own soul and salvation and then, like, all of us involved. Oh, sure. So my dad is really, really, really sick, and Mm. he's not very old. So seeing him be stuck in this mindset of, like, being sick and getting sicker is probably a punishment for all the mistakes that I've made. And that now it... 61, 62 for the Mm -hmm. last like five, six, seven years, been pretty much bedridden and doesn't really have a quality of life, Mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of memory left, things like that. 
you can see when you go to visit the regret and the emotion that goes from joy of seeing us to heavy tears, and he can't articulate it all into words. Mm. But this moment for me and some of my siblings to be able to realize that he had a really hard, heavy life with this spiritual abuse that warped his relationship with our Heavenly Father, Mm -hmm. and that life was pretty miserable, so we couldn't imagine his eternity also being miserable. Mm -hmm. And trying to love him and truly forgive him and show him, you know, what the grace and love of Jesus is really like. And also, I believe he can understand when we're talking to him, being able to remind him constantly, like, there's nothing you did to deserve that, like, this is not your fault. This is not a punishment. Yeah. Because of the mistakes she made. Like, yeah. the sickness is not this plague on you. Mm-hmm. So, getting to look at him in a different light with empathy versus, to be honest, hatred, anger, and, of course. and just brokenness is mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. There's still days that are hard. Sure. There's still moments that I grieve what I wish I would have had with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also seeing the freedom in a lot of ways that my mom is experiencing and the relationship she's rebuilding with us and how she continues to stand by his side and love him and care for him. Like, that's Jesus. Yeah. That's right. Wow. She is a caretaker non-stop around the clock wow. and does it with so much dignity. And so much joy. And she doesn't complain about it. Wow. <laughs> wow. When you told me that, I just, wow. my heart just yes. swelled up because to love someone who has hurt you mm-hmm. is not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. and it can only be done with the power of Jesus. Yeah. So some of you out there may be so thinking, good. wow, I can relate. Maybe you've been abused. Mm-hmm. Maybe your spouse betrayed you. Whatever it is, there's always a way to show love. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you are condoning what happened to you, but like Mandy said, you know, the people who do the hurting are way worse off than what you feel right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you have to turn, like, that revenge feeling into love, mm-hmm. you know? And that's for everyone involved. Yes, love conquers uh-huh. all. Is yes. that what they say? Yes, it does. Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. I know. So I want to hit on a topic that a lot of people are always curious about. But, Mandy, explain to us exactly what you would define a cult as. Because, you know, that is a term that just gets thrown out so loosely. Like, if you don't believe in something that other people believe in, they must be part of a cult. Mm -hmm. Or if you are done wrong by some type of leadership of some organization, then they must be a cult. I think Mm -hmm. it just gets thrown so loosely out there. Yeah. So with you being actually a part of one, what would you actually help our listeners define that? I think any organization or situation where they define the rules or they pull things out of the Bible to make it fit the scenario of what they're trying to force you to do, they manipulate Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. Word of God to push you into something out of fear or out of force or whatever that may look like. Also, when there's no, like, grace or love or forgiveness, like, you cannot be a Jesus follower or an organization that says you preach and you love like Jesus if you don't believe in grace and forgiveness and redemption Mm -hmm. and restoration. Yeah. So not only that, anytime that you're not directed to go to your heavenly father, not that there's never people that we get to say we're sorry to for things that happen and stuff like that, but it should never be people before, you know, leaning into Jesus for forgiveness. He's the only one who can forgive our sins. Yeah. And then making up this rigid set of rules that humans Mm -hmm. believe should be followed a certain way for you to gain yourself 
you know, rights to heaven. Mm. When it's manipulated towards no longer the gospel and the grace and the love of Jesus, you're no longer following him. That's good. That's really good. That's good. I think a lot of people get so wrapped up in what rules they do have to follow if they choose to say, you know what? You know, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, but mm-hmm. yeah. what do I have to give up? Right. What to give up? What cleanup work do I have to do? Right. Yes. How yeah. do I have to? What do I have to wear? What does this look like? Like right. that's not what Jesus says. Yes. What's right. the laundry list of rules that yes. I must follow? The now? do's and don'ts. Yeah. And so I love that you said that because even people who did not grow up in an organization such as that still believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still practicing denominations that still lead that way. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, Jesus just wants your heart. Yes. He's not impressed by what we can do. Right. He's not impressed by what we do do for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need us. He yeah. lets us help yes. him. Yeah. And so you are definitely a walking testimony of that, Mandy. Yeah. I love watching you evolve. You've evolved as a leader, as a mother, as a wife, just in the short three years that I've known you. And not only does she lead her family, but her siblings I wanted to bring up because God is using her in such a big way to bring restoration to her siblings. Because again, you started that journey and they have been watching her. Mm -hmm. They have been probably taking notes. Mm -hmm. There's been some angst along the ways. Sure. But I know that you are a mother figure to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is such a beautiful picture. I love that. You are. Gosh. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Because a lot of people who have been hurt by leadership and the church Mm -hmm. never make their way back. Right. And it wasn't even church and leadership, but family. Like, you were just surrounded by it everywhere. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at God go. So I love that. Coming from a family that was plagued by, you know, a cult, what made you want to be a pastor today? Uh, I think that's the golden question. that's good. That's my favorite question to be asked. Because most people will go as far and be like, whatever made you even, like, consider stepping back into a church? Right. Exactly. How could you trust that? It definitely wasn't me. It was God bringing me to my knees. It was actually... You know, after you are oppressed for so long, you mm-hmm. kind of decide, well, if I'm darned if I do and darned if I don't, <laughs> mm-hmm. then uh, I might as well just live life because this way is pretty miserable and I can't seem to get it right. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, the God that I was told about, I didn't really want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And I spent a season of my life just figuring out what the real world was actually like. And of course, it's temporary joy when you kind of go crazy, and mm-hmm. but it you know, I started numbing it with alcohol and partying and all sorts of things. Mm. And it was actually when I met my husband and had been hurt so severely, I said, we can be friends. I'm not really interested in anything else, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can be my friend. And after about four months, I caved and uh, <laughs> he truly loved Jesus. Oh, His family yeah, truly loved Jesus. Oh, that's so neat. And that was your first time to actually see it live yeah Yeah, they didn't care what i had done yeah they didn't care where i had come from or the mistakes that i had made they constantly reassured me that they loved me right where i was at and so did jesus so that was overwhelming and to be honest accepting that was really 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 hard yeah (laughs) i bet it was so we get married still don't have a relationship with jesus Mm. and our lives got pretty crazy Mm -hmm. and 
we had a newborn and our marriage was not great. He was trying everything he could. And, you know, the missing piece, of course, was Jesus. Like, I wouldn't go to church. And if I would try out church, he was very much like, this This is great. These are all the reasons, like, this would be a good place for this. And I could always find reasons why it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that made it really, really hard on him and really easy for me to keep pushing it aside. Yeah. But we know God pursues us mm-hmm. and how he continually pursued me to the point where our marriage really started to struggle. And it was really rocky. And we were to a place where, like, do we give up? Mm-hmm. Do we sign divorce papers? Do we move on? Do we figure out what this is like? Because I don't know what to do from now. And everything in my mind tells me that even though my husband is nothing like my father, it's like, I will not be my mom. I will not mm-hmm. be stuck in a hard, broken marriage, loveless marriage, things like that. So it's just easier for me to just go. Mm-hmm. And God does what only he can do. And he placed Life Church. Mm-hmm. We had to pass it every single time he went to work. <laughs> every single time he went to work. And there were always crazy people outside waving and dancing and having a good time. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But I'm pretty sure that that's not what church is like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cult. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh. I'm like, what on earth? So at the worst of our worst, when we were about to call it quits, I felt like it was my last resort, even though I was terrified. Wow. I bet. But pulling into that parking lot and, you know, a volunteer on their parking team loving me enough to get me out of my car to make sure I was okay, got me through the doors. And what I experienced was anything unlike church. Oh, wow. (laughs) People were really happy and really loving and welcomed me right where I was at. And yeah. even though I felt all of this shame and everything on the inside, felt like it was painted on the outside, nobody treated me that way. Mm-hmm. Walls started coming down. Yeah. And week after week, I showed up when my husband had to work until wow. I was like, hey, listen, like, you've got to come see what's going on here because this is nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we started serving together long before I knew Jesus. Yeah. Like, we always say you can belong before you can believe. They really embodied that. Yeah. And a couple months in, when we, it would have been so much easier for him <laughs> to not lean into the moment. I looked at him and I said, after hearing him call week after week after week, I said, if I die tomorrow, I have no idea where I'm going. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have no idea where I'm going. And this man sat on the floor with me and led me to Jesus. Oh, <laughs> I love that. So good. Just seeing an ounce of like the grace and the love of Jesus through my husband. And from that moment on, we were all in yeah. <laughs> and have not left since. That is so good. That is so good. Mandy, if mm-hmm. you could tell our listeners one thing, there's several of you out there listening, thinking, man, I connect with what she's saying. Mm -hmm. I've either been in an abusive relationship, whether it is your spouse or a boyfriend, maybe uh, you have been a part of an abuse situation with leadership of some sort, maybe it's with your work, Mm -hmm. maybe it is a church. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? What would be that first step they can take to find freedom? Mm. You know, there's so many things that God placed along the way that were building a road for me to get back to Him. I believe He pursues each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. We lean in. You know, I would tell anybody, the first thing you can do is pray, even when it feels like it's not being heard. Yeah, sometimes good. when you're in the depths of it, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. 
but find somebody that you can talk to mm, somewhere so you can trust yeah. because God's going to use that person yeah. to help get you to the next step. Absolutely. And then that's going to open a door yeah. to get you to another step. That's yes. good. That's good. So good. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Mandy. Your story's amazing. And that's just a little piece of it. Oh, gosh. I want, I want you on here all of it one day. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, friends, thank you so much for being with us today. Please subscribe or leave a message or a review on our podcast. And please share this with someone. You know, that's what we talk about all the time. Share this with a friend. Someone that you think may need to hear this and God will use it. That's the, what I love. God will use it. And I'm um, just like Mandy said, he'll take that one step and guide someone to the next step closer to him. And gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join our community on Facebook and Instagram. And please, again, subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our podcasts. We will have plenty more interviews and just discussions on some hard topics that um, together that we can get through. So I just want to remind everyone, it's time to rise up, warrior, and step into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.